0: of the dedicated podcast. Um, This is your host, Kate. And um, thank you again for pressing the play button on this episode, giving this podcast a chance. I'm really happy that you're here. Um, I was just listening to episode two again, and I realized how unconfident I sounded at the very beginning. I'm like, dang it, I can do better than this. (laughs) So um, I hope that sounded a bit more confident there at the beginning. I definitely want to sound sound better doing these episodes, not so timid. Um, I probably sounded like that because I'm just so not used to, like, you know, doing this. Anyway, anyway, so back to getting to the actual um, reason for this episode. Um, Obviously, I think it's a good good start to start learning about me a bit and why I'm coming towards these um, topics of family and broken homes and, you know, family dysfunction and wanting to become a wife and a mother someday so passionately. I want to start first with a bit of appreciation for the intro music that you hear at the beginning of each episode. It is called Promenade by a piece of work by Mussorgsky called Pictures at an Exhibition. And, um, it has a special place in my heart. I don't know why, like, except for how lovely it sounds. Um, I'm used to hearing it in a piano version. Um, and it's, it, the the track that has this particular sound to it is so sh- short. I think the whole piece, this this whole part of the piece is like less than a minute long. And um, I'm like, I just had to use it. And, um, um, I'm using it because every time I hear this piece of music, it gives me such nostalgic feelings for some reason. I only came across this song recently, but every time I hear it, I go back to my grandmother's house in my mind. My grandmother, my paternal grandmother, um, she is no longer alive. But when she was, um, we used to visit her house. Um, at least for the time when I was around and, you know, she was already pretty old. She lived in an elderly um, community, uh, gated community. And it was always so peaceful there, always so tranquil, obviously because there's a lot of (laughs) older people residing there and they like the quiet. I totally get it. About, you know, a couple of times a year we would go up to visit her in this community and um, everything was just so peaceful, you know, lovely trees and gardens growing throughout the the community. There were like bunny rabbits that were just roaming free all around the place. So every time we spotted a bunny rabbit, we'd point at it and just gawk like, oh, my gosh, it's a little bunny. They're so cute. And um, each of the homes, you know, they they were small homes, you know, packed right next to each other. They all had uniqueness to them, but they all had that same general, you know, nice look to them, you know, simple, full of flowers and gardens and, you know, um, lawn ornaments. You know, my grandmother, I think, had wind chimes hanging from um, her balcony ceiling, Um, not balcony, but, you know, her outside sitting area in front of her house. And I, I've spent lots of time just sitting there, um, watching the rabbits go by, just passing time as a smaller kid, and just feeling really at peace and excited about what the day would bring, because, you know, it was just a vacation for us, you know, my parents didn't really let us watch a whole lot of, um, kids shows beyond, like, PBS Kids, so when I, uh, when I was at my grandmother's house, we would um, watch some Disney Channel and other, like, Nickelodeon and, um, other channels like that. Um, that'd be really fun. And, uh, our grandmother would watch us sometimes when my, my parents went out together on a date or something. And remember we had, um, it's like, we ate cereals for breakfast that we would, you wouldn't usually have at home either. Um, I remember this the, the skylight in her walkway, you know with the sun coming through it. It was just so nice and warm. And uh, it was comfortable sitting on her carpet. It was comfortable sitting on her on her um, sofa. Um, she had an old big boxy old TV I think if I remember correctly. She had a statue of a dog. I think it was like an old black. Labrador dog I think it was supposed to be like a uh, resemble an actual pet that she used to have I've never met I, if I'm not mistaken it was an old it was a long time ago since I heard the story of why she had that large life-size figurine of a dog in right next to her tv I liked pretending to pet it and say you know say things to it and um her dining room table was small but it had doilies on it And she had um, church brochures on it um, with Bible verses and stuff like that. And I don't remember if it was like actual music that she had on playing on the background. Or maybe she would have evangelical um, programs playing on the TV sometimes. I don't know. I just remember. Or maybe it was like a a clock that she had that would play like an old-timey song that resembled the Promenade song for this intro um it just fit perfectly with just the gentle old you know uh vintage vibe of the place you know and um i remember she had like that you know whole vintage vibe in her kitchen too the effects the little figurines the um you know i think she had like flower what would you call them plaques you know like little flat figurines that you would hang on the wall I don't know exactly what you would call that you know she had different things like that in her kitchen anyway it just I just wanted to share where my feelings went to every time I hear this song I like it I think I like it a little better on the piano but I like that I got it played on the um requested a commission for it to be played on the guitar because it just feels more calm I think it brings that that feeling of the song better to the surface um, so it's more obvious how calm and and nice it feels it, like the song feels like warm and welcoming but curious at the same time probably because the whole piece is about the composer walking through a an exhibition, an art exhibition, so we, you can imagine what you would be thinking and feeling walking through a gallery full of art. I mean, yeah, makes sense. (laughs) Just, it has a slightly different feeling for me when I listen to it, so that's why I use it, and um, I like going back to these, these memories in my mind, because um, going to my grandmother's house, at least in my experience, in my from my perspective and the memories that I still retain from that time when she still lived there it was just always so much more peaceful than my actual home was um you know because we go there for vacation and we go there to spend time with each other and didn't really matter what we did as long as we were together and we were away from our own house for a while it just kind of changes the pace a bit and you know we didn't ever we didn't go to on vaca- like real vacations very often so we would try to do you know things that didn't break the bank like go to visit our grandmother who lived um I think less like about two hours north of us or something like that so nice nice um road trip back and forth I really really enjoyed road trips and yeah get to visit family not just my um grandmother but my aunt my uncle Um, live in the area as well my older sister and her family live up there too so yeah um and the contrast between that my grandmother's home and my own home is that like you know my own home went through some things for most of my life and I'm not going to sit here and say that like I went through the worst stuff I did not I'm actually really blessed in that regard I really want to be able to hear from people who have had more stressful situations and who have come out the other side, um, you know, having healed from their trauma and and understand what helped them to heal and what helped them to get over the things that they went through, you know, not adopting the victim mentality because for a while I did, and um, in some ways I still do, and, and I'm working through them. I don't, I don't have all the answers yet. Um, I surely didn't go through, like, you know, physical abuse. Thank goodness. Um, but I think there was definitely some emotional in there. Um, like I said before, I am, doesn't really have anything to do with my life, you know. It has a very small bearing on my life, but just so you get to know me, I am biracial. Um, and... I live in a very mixed family, very big mixed family, so I have half siblings, and um, I have a full-blood sibling younger than me, and um, I grew up Christian, Um, we can get into that in a different episode about when all my beliefs and stuff, Uh, it's hard for me to call myself Christian the way I used to now. Knowing what I know now about the Christian faith. Not necessarily the faith itself, but how people practice the faith. There's just a lot of people out there I don't want to be associated with. (laughs) Um, And um, that journey, you know, coming to my my own realization about my faith. How important that is. That you're not just copying what your parents are doing exactly. 'Cause they now may not be doing the right thing and the the entirety of what they do might not be the right thing. Figuring it out for yourself is very good, I think. Um but yeah, um my parents were not prepared for me. Meaning that like I was unexpected when they when I was born. Um and um yeah, I think it seems like my family parents were just kind of I don't know how, obviously they made me, so I don't know how you can be, like, thrown together. I don't know. Their, their wedding was kind of not grand, kind of makeshift. I was at a friend's house kind of thing. And they had me, and then my sister came. And, um, yeah, um, I was, I've been in public school. I've been homeschooled. Um, I have older brothers. I have lots of older sisters are much older than me most of them have families of their own and live far away that was kind of hard to reconcile you know um g- having gone through things and you know as growing up into a woman and not having my older sisters around was tough but I've I think I've spoken to most of them about it and we've come to some reconciliation um you know they didn't mean to do that they were just living their lives and I don't hold it against them but I, I it was difficult I would like to think that things would have been a lot easier had they have stayed around um, in some capacity. And um, my brothers as well, you know, um, a lot of times saying that they would be around for me but not being so. They've gotten better at that. Um, Maybe some siblings more than the others. and That's okay, you know. That's just how the cookie crumbles, as one would say. (laughs) And... um, Um, things happened like there's, there's like a one, one particular, uh, event that in my life that kind of made things shift a lot for me personally was when my parents took me out of church. They, we, we took all, like they took the whole family, like not the whole family, but me, my sister, and then my parents, We, we left our church that I grew up with, grew up in, um, and that was tough because my whole life was involved in the church, basically. And as a young person, I didn't understand why it was happening or why it had to happen. Um, in hindsight, as an adult, you know, have them having explained to me um, why they did it, I think it was a good idea. I understand where they were coming from. I think they could have done it in a better way, though. So you know, especially these days, you know, parents are waking up to what is being taught in schools and in churches and it's not, it, it. they don't agree with it and for good reasons. So, but there is a way that you take your children out of that without scarring them for life, you know, because that can be like a real rug you pull out from under them. If they're so used to something, even if they don't see how, it's not as beneficial to them as they, think they, as they think it might be. There is a good way and a bad way to, to go about that. But my parents, I'm sure, were just, you know, they've, they've lost the rug from underneath them too, even though they, they initiated that. And um, they were lost for a while, I think. And um, we didn't really come together as a family the way you would think a family ought to. Um, I didn't have like all the, all the friends I could have had from my childhood were just ripped away from me. Um, I mean, I was kind of, you know, distancing myself from those friends and, um, for a while there for multiple reasons. So, but I had around the same time I was taken out of public school as well. So all the potential friends I may have had from school then were also taken away from me around the same time. So again, a good decision. I did not need to be in public school, but, um, it was a lot to deal with a lot to, um, a lot to unpack. There's a lot I did not understand and it was so confusing. Like, why would my parents do this? Um, and like they tried to prepare us, but they, it was not in a good way that you would do for a kid who really does not really understand the core of what's going on. I remember on the way on the way to church one Sunday morning, I was riding with my dad, and I'm sure my my mom and my sister were coming after us, like uh, in another car. I was riding with my dad, and he just out of the blue asked me, um, "So." What would you, would you be okay if we just didn't go to church anymore? And I think I was like, I was in my early, like in my preteens, I think. I feel like I must have been younger than that, but I don't think that's right. I, like I said, my, my church was like my whole life, even though it wasn't, I wasn't having the best experiences at church. It was just all I knew, you know, um, I feel like I was losing my friends little by little. I went to youth group, but I didn't feel really accepted there or appreciated there. I was ignored a lot. Um, I didn't feel pretty or attractive the way that, you know, young teens would like to be, generally speaking. So I was really insecure as well. Um basically I just went to youth group to play guitar hero <laughs> and maybe get some candy if they were having candy. Um anyway, what was I saying? Okay. So um yeah, I I didn't know what to say to that. I'm like, what do you mean not go to church? I mean, I didn't I didn't equate that with not seeing my friends anymore. You know? I'm just like, okay. Well, yeah, I mean, okay and my dad just took it as that like oh she understands okay how how is a little kid who's been going to church her whole life to understand that you're not going to be going to this building and seeing the same people um anymore like we went to this place like multiple times a week and then suddenly you're just not going to be going anymore and yeah there were there were a few days afterwards where I was just so confused and not like very upset, um, about why that was changing, and my I remember my dad got mad at me at least one time, um, for changing my mind. Like it seemed like I ch- I was okay with it, and then I suddenly wasn't. Um. But it, it t- and it took me a long time to realize how much it hurt my parents to not be going to church, as well. They were doing it for reasons that. Um were n- not easy reasons, but it was what was best, and they needed to follow where the holy spirit was was guiding them to and you know it was nothing against I don't think the people at the church exactly, maybe a little bit, but you know it's important that church leaders are pointing their congregation in the right direction, and I guess my parents didn't agree with the direction so they had to figure things out on their own. They had to, you know, take their spiritual learning upon themselves, their spiritual growth upon themselves without any other outside help, um, at least in person help, you know what I mean? We had visited churches, uh, a couple of churches throughout the years after that. Um, and, the, you know, they were okay. But, you know, of course, it was never the same. And then we just stopped going all together, and um, we tried some, you know, gatherings at my house, at our house, of some people, and that didn't go well, um, not really at all. So, yeah, um, I would, I would definitely encourage parents. You know, if you're going to trans Position your kids out of, you know, situations that they're so used to, like their school or their church or somebody's home. Just do it consciously and um, understand that they really don't know what's going on, you know. And But they're a lot smarter than you think they are most of the time. And if you actually sat down and explained to them in a child-friendly way, Language, and supported them, and 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 validated their feelings about how difficult this transition might be for them. Um, I think, and and then also giving giving them an alternative for them to focus on um, something else that they can they can delve into that gives them purpose. Church gave me purpose, even though, like I said, it wasn't the most perfect situation. It gave me purpose. I was on the uh, worship team. I w- helped with the um, like the tech the technical team too, um, a little bit. And that means every Sunday or every other Sunday, I had a job. I was helping out, and I was appreciated. And it made me feel good to be wanted and to be helpful. And you know that was ripped away from me. Um. I was also, I helped out in the um, the, the baby nursery, so all the, the two-year-old and unders um, watching babies every, uh, every other Sunday or something like that, that gave me purpose, um, you know, and other things, so yeah, and I, I miss that time a lot, I, I just felt so innocent then. You know, everything was so innocent then. And then after that, I didn't have much of a purpose. I remember sitting alone at home. I don't know what my sister was doing. Me and my sister weren't very close back then. She's like three years younger than me. So I don't really remember what my sister would be doing at that time. I don't know what she was into. Um, she would have to t- remind me but I remember just sitting, like, at the front door in the front lobby, like, in the walkway of the door, just the, with the door open and just staring out into the world and just wishing I had a friend to I can call up or talk to. And my dad would be on his computer and my mom would be on her computer on a di- in a different room. And no one was talking to each other. Everyone was just in their own little worlds. And um, I didn't really have, like you know, total internet access at that point, I don't think, and um I don't know, I was just bored, out of my mind and confused. I don't know what was going on. And then once in a while I would be sitting at my mom's feet, just bawling my eyes out. And I don't think she knew how to help me. She, you know, she would help me, you know, she would do her best to give me some advice and some wisdom and to reassure me in the best way that she could. But I think it took her it took her a while to really become as, as compassionate, like in the full amount of compassion that she has now. Because um, she herself was going through some tough things, you know? How What was she supposed to tell me? Um, but the thing is, if I were to tell, you know, give parents one particular um, piece of advice from this experience that I went through is to, like I said, just don't, don't spring these life altering moments on your kids. If you know that they're going to happen, like as they're happening, can you just please prepare them a little bit? My parents did the same thing when, and this is kind of a, I don't know if this sound will sound weird, but we had this old car, um, like a tan, kind of ugly. I guess looking back, it's kind of ugly. But it was comfy. You know, it was an old, old car, like made in the, I don't know, like in the seventies the or eighties or something like that. Maybe it wasn't that old, but it was t- tan, and the inside was tan, and the seats were covered in, um, like a f- like a fluffy fabric color, um, material. I should say. And it just sound felt like you were sitting on a couch in the back seat, um. Like it was so old that the the, the 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 seat belts only had you know the back seat belt only had the around your waist part and not the across your chest part. So I understand. I understand from a safety perspective, maybe why it, we got rid of the car. But when we did get rid of the car, my parents didn't tell us it was happening. We all went to the de- the dealership. Um, together and we didn't know what was about to happen I I spent my entire childhood in that car almost my entire childhood it was like the one constant thing that was really enjoyable to be in that car it was comfy it was familiar um since I was born we had I we had that car as far as I know and so one day the four of us were just went to the dealership we got out of the car you know, things happened that behind the scenes I didn't know about. We got placed into a newer car and we drove away. And I remember looking in the back in the rear mirror at this old car and um, never seeing it again. And um, <laughs> I'm getting a little choked up thinking about it. I haven't thought about this in a while. I remember we went to, I think we went straight to the uh, my parents' insurance person, um, insurance guy, his office, because they had to figure out some things, and um, brought us with them, and I remember just waiting around in the office, and the insurance guy asked me if I liked the new car, and, like, I was... Like, I couldn't keep my tears back. I really wanted to. I was trying to, but I couldn't. I didn't like the change at all, and my parents didn't do anything to comfort me in that moment. Um, they didn't. They didn't. They didn't understand the full scope of my feelings in that moment, and they didn't. I guess they didn't. I don't know what they were thinking. That it wasn't important to tell us that this big change was happening, that we wouldn't notice or that we wouldn't care. I mean, talking about me and my sister again. I can't really speak for how my sister felt, but you know, I get attached to things, you know, and um, especially at a young age when things—that's all you know. I would have liked some warning beforehand. I would have liked to have been talked to, and be extended that consideration that you know a big part of our life is about to change and it's going to it's a good change and but it might be kind of weird at first so just give it a chance and you know we'll do our best to make it as easy of a transition as possible so yeah I would I would really ask that parents keep that in mind when when that kind of thing happens. I know we started off at a very particular point about me talking about the intro music in my grandmother's house, and now we're talking about this. I'm sorry, I'm like I said, I don't really have a blueprint for these first few episodes. I just kind of want you to get to know me you know while I actually you know start planning the, the future episodes about certain topics and you know but on honestly some of my best material has always been kind of spontaneous. so I don't like to make too many plans because then it just feels artificial and not coming from the heart. but this 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 topic comes from the heart. And um, so this will the continuation of my life story that sounds so boring. <laughs> I haven't lived that much life yet. I'm only 27. <laughs> Maybe I haven't lived a lot of life. Um, I hope that didn't sound boring. I just I just want to give you my backstory about why these topics are important to me. About parenting righteously and you know doing the absolute best for your children cuz they need it. They need your absolute best. And your absolute best I think, from my experience, means don't spring life-changing decisions like this upon your kids if you can. Like, out of the blue, just prepare them a little bit first. Please, like, properly, don't just ask them one question about things changing. And say, oh, okay, well, they they get it. They said yes, so they get it. They don't know anything. Children don't know anything. <laughs> not <laughs> really I mean they can they can understand if you take your time with them you, you know they have the capacity to understand but you just need to give them a bit more than just one question they get attached to things they they don't understand what's going on they need to know that you're compassionate and that you are understanding that their their little minds and their little Hearts are brand new and you know, these things can be weird for them and yeah. They just need some extra help in those in those moments. Um and um Yeah. I I don't know if it's a good or bad thing that I get so emotional thinking about certain things from my childhood still. Like I said being a 27 year old, maybe I shouldn't be, you know, maybe I, like I said, I still need to have some work to do, but you know, I've always been kind of sensitive. So I'm, I'm trying to become tougher and I have become tougher emotionally, a lot tougher actually. Um, I don't know how to prove that, but maybe I don't have to, I have become a lot tougher. Um, but, um, I still, I still have a very prominent sensitive side so there might just be topics that will always bring a tear to my eye bring bringing back those feelings that i had at specific moments can you relate to that hopefully i have some sort of comment section or a place where you can you know maybe on twitter if i'm posting this on twitter or something like that um or a website where you can comment about an experience like this that you've had how did your parents handle it? How did you handle it? And would you give different kind of a, like a, advice as to how parents should handle it better for their own children? So, yeah. Um, I think I'll stop here with the story. Um, please come back to hear the next part of what I have to say. More lessons to learn. New things to uncover, to unpack. And um, maybe... You know, like I said, you and I can have some cathartic moments here. Um, So you know that you're not alone in your experiences. You know, lots of people out there have gone through the same things. Maybe you're just a little more on the sensitive side like me and you're trying to get stronger emotionally, but it's been tough. I get that. Totally understand that. But don't worry. Um, You know, there's time for that. Okay, you know, you don't just because you're a certain way right now doesn't mean you have to stay that way. And it's good to evolve. It's good to grow um, into a better, stronger person, not just stronger physically, but stronger mentally, stronger physically, emotionally. Um, We can grow from the harsh experiences that we experienced when we were younger. I say experience a lot. (laughs) Okay, vocabulary it's time to get bigger. Like right now, please. I need to go do some reading. (laughs) Okay. Well, yes, please. Um, wherever you found this episode, if you can comment your experience, please come back next time to hear the next installment. Um, and let's keep learning guys. Okay. All right. So you'll have a great rest of your day and I'll see you soon. Bye-bye.